Hey y'all, it's Jerome, and I want to share just a little something with you today. Within the context of every episode, there is a lot going on. First, I have to apologize to Brendan. He was supposed to be a co-host for this conversation, but due to factors outside of our control, it seemed appropriate to reschedule. And that rescheduled date did not work for Brendan's schedule. Oh, wait. This is Bottomless Coffee, where we keep it real and avoid that fluffy talk that doesn't really mean anything. Here's what really went down. This conversation with Dr. Ron Hunter was scheduled to be recorded on January 6th, 2021. On that day, violent extremists stormed the United States Capitol, flew Confederate flags therein, and really, really angered me Brendan, our guest, and literally every patriot in the United States of America. So, yeah, I rescheduled the conversation, and unfortunately, Brendan couldn't make it to that new time slot. So, Brendan will be back when Brendan can be back. We'll miss his perspective, but as they say in the office slash guest room slash studio space where I record, the podcast must go on. Now that said, as the person who edits the show and hears his own voice way too much, I can hear the strain in my voice in this conversation. There's a weird sound that mouths make when they haven't had enough water, so I can literally hear how dehydrated I am when I'm speaking. When editing the video for the YouTube version of the show, I can see quite clearly that I'm exhausted. So the podcast will go on, America will go on, but we paid a price that day, that January 6th. And I sincerely hope that we took a lesson from what we bought with our complacency in the face of that extremism and insurrection. So yeah, that's the context. But here's another piece. Through all that muck, our guest today really shines through. In this episode of Bottomless Coffee, we talk with Dr. Ron Hunter about mentorship. And, lucky us, Dr. Hunter proves to be a measured, calming, rational, insightful guest. Regarding mentorship in particular, It's clear from the conversation that he has a deep appreciation and understanding and respect for what mentorship means in its most nuanced definition, and a respect for the responsibilities that accompany that mentor-mentee relationship. So sit back, grab some coffee if you've got it, Support us at patreon.com slash bottomlesscoffee if you haven't already. And let's really engage with this conversation. It's a good one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bottomless Coffee. Uh, Really excited for the conversation today. We're going to be talking about mentorship, uh, passing the torch, responsibility, all the good stuff. Uh, and I've got a really good friend here with me, Dr. Ron Hunter. Hello. 
Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. So excited. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Now, your bio that you sent me that was um, in quotes short. <laughs> <laughs> I want to share just a little bit of it because, and this is, I swear this is happening every episode. Um, you know, I get a little bio and I'm like, I had no idea that this person that I know is as impressive as they are. Uh, and so I was really blown away. Um, you are currently the techno technical director for chemistry at uh, Merieu Nutriscience. Oh, come on with the French. Come on, French. <laughs> <laughs> you previously worked for the Coca-Cola company, for CDC. Yeah. You've 10 years of experience as an analytical chemist. Uh, and the list continues to go on. Um, I will go ahead. I will post that in the description so that everybody knows uh, who they're listening to today. Oh, please, please! <laughs> I'm excited for this conversation. So you suggested the topic of leadership, mentorship, and in your words, passing the torch. And so, um, I guess one thing I should ask: your, what are your pronouns, real quick? Um, so he and him. Okay. Fabulous. Um, and thank you. I just, as people refer to you, I like to be respectful. No worries. Yeah. So what does this uh, topic mean to you? Why did you suggest it when you were thinking about leadership, mentorship, and passing the torch? What are you thinking about so that we're all kind of on the same page? So I think uh, what prompted this conversation overall in my in my friend circles was we saw, I watch CBS, I love Gail King every okay. morning. That's my girl. Um, and they posted, uh, Dr. Fauci was turning 80 on Christmas Eve, I believe. Okay. And then they said Maxine Waters was 80-ish. And then Nancy Pelosi is 80. <laughs> and I said, hold on now, where where are the 60 year old? Like where are yeah. the 50 year old? 80 is the new 60. I know. I look, I look forward to being AD and, and just as vibrant as all three of them, you know, mm. and influential and still doing things. But then I also got to hear from 20 year olds, right? And as I approach 40 in a very, very long two years from now. Yeah. Um, it's okay. I, I'm older than you. It's okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good. But I just know they were frustrated, you know, people younger than us were super frustrated. And then it just got me thinking with my own mentees, am I doing a good job hmm. of passing the torch? Am I developing them in the way that they want to be developed and not the way that I want them to be developed? Sure. And how has that, our government has wholly changed, right? Yeah. So um, how does that translate for Nancy, or how does that translate for infectious disease for Dr. Fauci? Um, how does that translate for me as a chemist in private industry right now, but with government experience? How am I helping people younger than me yeah. continue the good work that I'm doing? And how are they doing so? And then when do you stop? Well, you know, 100% um, I'm tracking and there's a lot to unpack there and I have um, I think the beginnings of some really interesting questions, but I am biased uh, there. So let me ask you, um, 
in this the in mentorship do you recall a particularly influential mentor that you had um or do you feel as though you were not properly mentored coming up and that maybe that's why you have such a passion for properly serving your mentees no so i was wholly properly mentored okay um, so what did that I, look like <clears throat> At one point, so I, I went to Mercer University in Macon, Georgia for undergrad. And I'm, I'm what you most people think of as a rule follower, you know, okay. so I can, as I think Michelle Obama said it best in her book, she was checking the boxes okay. um, when she went to school, right? Like go to law school, do this, do that. I had my PhD by 27, right? Okay. So I never stopped straight through. Um, but I had really good mentorship where people took an interest in me, even in Macon, Georgia. And they said, oh, you're talented when with your science, you should do X, Y, and Z. And so I had gone to the Medical College of Georgia several times um, to do a program called SEAT, Student Educational Enrichment Program. Okay. And when I was about to go, I think for my second or third time in, I applied for a um, internship in dc at the national science foundation okay and i i end up meeting um dr sherry green and she is till this day my mentor and she helped me in so many ways cultivate and shape who i was hmm. if only to not give up you know like part of men her mentorship was telling me do not stop do not give up um, hard times don't last always was a great lesson yes. um, that you could receive from your mentor, but you may not receive from your mom or dad, right? They're supposed to tell you that. Um, so I had great mentorship from her. Um, and it, when you have great mentorship, you usually want to be a great mentor because mm. of the impact she's had in my life. I would like to have that level of impact in someone else's life. I think... That's really, um, you really hit on something that I'm feeling in me. Uh, the, it's almost like the mentor you choose or the family you choose. Um, yeah. Certainly in the LGBTQ community, the family you choose is that well known. Uh, but for those who don't know, um, every now and then you might meet someone who doesn't have a strong relationship with their family or yeah. for whatever reason, they have to kind of create that support network uh, for themselves that a lot of people take for granted. Um, and so, uh, as Ron referenced, um, sometimes in some families, your father or your mother or an older brother or someone can really serve the role as a mentor. But then I think sometimes when you uh, have a doctorate at 27 in chemistry, you really need someone specialized <laughs> <laughs> to help you along your journey. But what's uh, one thing I heard, I think, is that your mentor, at least initially, um, was, was, it, or was she more personal, more of a personal mentor than a professional mentor? Or did it kind of uh, blur that line? So I... I think it was more professional for sure, but Sherry has that familial touch, you know? Sure. So um, I I was wholly unaware that the National Science Foundation was not a research um, experimenting 
place. So okay, I ended okay. up going to do that type of research that summer and end up working in a program management to give grants, right? Surprise. Um, that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was great. Um, and she, she encouraged me to apply for other opportunities outside of just becoming a medical doctor, yeah. um, which would have been great too, right? But um, that was all I knew. Um, so when all you know is you're smart, you should become a doctor or a lawyer, um, you, there could be other opportunities or avenues that you haven't considered or explored that you really can fulfill your purpose in, um, in that way. So I, I, I think she did a great job um, professionally um, and personally. And how intentional do you think it was on her part to take you on as a mentee? Or did that relationship kind of develop organically? So I think mentee-mentor relationships develop organically for sure, because I also had to be receptive to her mm. mentorship and guidance, right? So yeah. Sherry would say, you should apply for this, and I would just immediately apply. I wouldn't even consider twice. I said, Sherry said I should apply. I should okay. apply. <laughs> um, and so that's... That really had served me um, a long time. Um, and then at some point, and I say this about parental and children relationships, at least in my, with my both of my parents, you become less of a you should do this relationship and more of a I'm coming to you for advice relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what ended up happening with Sherry as well. You know, like we grew up together. I even call her my second mom sometimes. Oh, wow. because she would say, you should do this, and I would just do it. And then at some point, I would say, hey, I'm thinking about going here or doing this. What is your opinion on this, you know? Yeah. And then you have more of that relationship, and then you know you've really made it when your mentor says, what are your thoughts about <laughs> my career? <laughs> and then you can mutually support each other, you know? It's so... That's wonderful. And that kind of leads into my my thought on whether or not you can be like a mentee and a mentor at the same time with the same person. It sounds like you can. Um, but yeah. you also have some mentees on your own. And so I kind of want to take some of how your relationship began with your mentor and see if it was a similar story with your mentees or a little bit different. Um, so you have multiple. Can you yeah. just off the top of your head, do you have like three or four or is it like 12 to 16? How many? <laughs> I think it depends on the level of need that okay. each student or mentee needs, right? So I have friends who are, I consider colleagues who are laterally the same, but they come to me for certain um, industry things and I'll go to them for certain oh, you know um, tactical negotiating things and that kind of thing so we lean on each other in certain ways and then I have wh who I call my kids um, who, the kids is who I think are who I'm thinking yeah about. yeah who they're like 20-ish 20 to 26-ish and um, times have changed right so mm -hmm. I don't know if they know this but I'm researching all the time for them um, to make sure that I'm giving good advice now, right? Because maybe oh. getting a PhD and going straight through isn't the lane right now. Um, wow. And so I want to make sure I'm not um, giving poor advice because 
they're relying on that, right? And they respect it. So I have a few and they're so wonderful. Um, and the relationship started out similarly where you seek mentorship mm -hmm. and you say, hey, can you be my mentor or can I talk to you? And then I just keep, keep it going. You know, we keep passing the ball back and forth. And then in other times I'll be at a conference giving a talk and I'll say, hey, here's my contact information. Oh, okay. If any of you want to call me or email me, feel free to do so. Um, and, and on a rare occasions, you just see something so special in a student that they can't see in themselves. Mm. And you just want to help. You just want to help. Um, so that's where um, I have all three of those, I think, um, in, that I help right now. But yeah. I think you really hit on something that I wasn't even thinking about a moment ago when you talked about those lateral relationships that you have that also have elements of mentee mentorship. Um, because I do you, I'm, I think, and I'm guessing, that first you had your mentor, then you became established and you had those lateral relationships, and then you were probably um, comfortable enough to take on like your kids or what have you. Is that yeah. likely a, like a chronological order? <laughs> <laughs> I think you always have the lateral ones, whether you know it or not, right? Well, I don't so, think everyone does, is the you're thing. Right. And that's one you're thing right. I to get. There are people who do not rely on their friend group or their chosen family for um, anything other than like generic small talk or brunch or what have you. And, you know, we've been friends for a long time. And so, you know, I had a large group of friends down mm -hmm. in Atlanta and we were not talking about anything other than social networking rather sure. than professional networking. And so I wouldn't say that I had um, the same level or the same quality of mentor-menteeship uh, relationship back then as I know that I have now and certainly not to the level that you have now um, with your mentees. So got to put that out there. I think it's true, important. True. I think it's important. Um, now, relating to your kids and the work that you are doing for them, first of all, you deserve some snaps. Um, I was not, Thank I was you. unaware <laughs> that you were <laughs> off to the side, staying up to date on everything. Um, do you let them know uh, the work that you put in on their behalf? Or do you feel as though kind of the good advice is its own reward um, because at some point they are going to have to become mentors themselves, right? Like if you do your job right, then they will become right. mentors. Um, but will they know, uh, you know, what goes into it? Or is that kind of a separate track? Is there a separate mentor for mentors uh, <laughs> class? Mentoring the mentor is actually right. right. <laughs> It is. I mean, it is the thing. So I think that most of the people that I mentor know the level of effort that I put into it um, for them. Um, and the, and you can tell because of the level of appreciation. And mm -hmm. I will say you're absolutely correct in another regard that I did ask Sherry maybe a week or two ago. Um, oh, I'm sure all of the interns are like me and they're mentoring other kids. And she said, no, 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 sir. 
someone to mentor, right? So like everyone has their lane. If it's not your lane to help everyone, and I can keep in contact with so many people. And I think it's part of my military upbringing and being that kid that moved around a lot. So it's not a thing. It doesn't feel like effort to do all of that and to keep up with people. Whereas I have friends and colleagues who it is so hard to get on a phone call with someone and catch up because they're just not there, you know? And so how does that translate now, particularly during a pandemic? But no, I think they know the level of effort. I sponsor a lot. I advocate a lot on their behalf. And I say, hey, I'm going to call so-and-so on your behalf. And then I need you to do your part. (laughs) And don't embarrass me in these streets. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a level of responsibility that you put on the mentee. Absolutely. I love that. And if she tells me you acted crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to hit on uh, another point that's related before we take a coffee break. Okay. Because I can feel myself getting parched, but I don't want to <laughs> lose this train of thought. Um, you know, you mentioned that not everyone can be a mentee or should be a mentee. But, and at the same time, uh, the world is a little uh, askew right now, is the polite way that I will put it, I think. Um, you know, your mentor, who was so influential, really prepared you well, it sounds like. Um, did you have any, like, attempted mentors or mentors that uh, tried to mentor you and taught you, like, the wrong thing? Or... Um, like, have you ever had to break, like, break up with a mentor or a mentee because the relationship or the vibe wasn't right? Um, and if not, that's okay. <laughs> no, yeah, certainly. So even now, I I love having a mentor, right? I always think there is someone um, uh, higher than you that can teach you something mm-hmm. or even um, not in my workplace, you know, like an everyday person could actually serve as a great mentor for me to bounce ideas off of. But um, I've had a few bad mentor relationships where organizations will put two people together. And then at some point, you politely bow out. You just say, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time. This was great. I like um, setting timeframes when I introduce mentees to mentors and for myself in particular saying let's talk for the next six months and fill this out okay. and you know at the end of that then both parties can feel free to exit um, without hard feelings you know but when you start putting all these pressures on a mentorship um, mm. or mentee mentor relationship you do create uh, a difficulty in bowing out so you know hey let's talk for six months And, you know, at the end of June, you can tell me your needs and I can tell you if I still have the bandwidth to um, continue on with the relationship. Um, And then at the very least, if you know it's a good mentee, you say, hey, we might not be vibing, but I can suggest somebody (laughs) that I think would be a better fit for your personality or your goals even because, you know, I can't help everyone. That's Um, true. That's yeah, true. So. I didn't know there was a referral service 
is an affiliate <laughs> program. <laughs> you know, not everybody gets referred, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I think let's take a quick coffee break. And um, when we come back, I do want to briefly, or maybe not briefly, talk about uh, how society might benefit from a little more mentor-mentee relationships Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and about people who are maybe teaching the wrong thing, right? Oh, okay. uh, so we'll be right back. I'm going to get some coffee. Okay, we are back from a good break. Uh, Dr. Hunter is dancing, so you know that it was good. Um, <laughs> So, Ron, when we were talking, you kind of shared the story of your sister, who I don't even want to say that it's a, a non-traditional path. It's, it might even be the more traditional path. Right. Um, but if you could just uh, share a little bit about what, with the audience, uh, what you told me, uh, I think everyone would really appreciate it. Yeah. So I feel like getting a PhD at 27 is not normal. Um, I would while agree, just for the, the record. <laughs> while applauded by a society, I think it's more realistic for someone to hear about someone like my sister, who is also in a PhD program currently, but um, who was a teacher before she decided to get a PhD, who did not um, have a science major, um, who considered med school. Um, and then, uh, I hate to say all of a sudden, but you know, her trajectory changed and she pivoted and she decided to study biology and then apply for a PhD program in cancer biology. And so that's what she's currently doing after being, again, a teacher for so many years and uh, being in Teach for America. And I think those are more real stories. Um, mm -hmm. Not that my story is less real, but um, stories that the students connect with more when you feel like you don't know what you want to do yeah. um, and it's still going to work out right. And also it's not cliche when we say to each his own journey, you know, yes. um, because you really do have your own way of getting to whatever that angle of yours is. So I, I love using her story or hearing her story um, way more than I love hearing my own uh, because I think it's so much better. <laughs> Let me ask, did you, um, so in the uh, mentorship hierarchy that you and I have created over this conversation, <laughs> um, would you say that you and your sister are kind of in that direct mentor-mentee relationship or that lateral, more familial relationship or uh, the mentor, like one of your kids kind of relationship like maybe she's much younger than you are or something I don't know no so my sister's what three years younger than me okay um so we're definitely in a more lateral but then I also have been through a PhD program at that same True. university yeah so I have um a lot of insight that has really helped her um in her progress but then the also people on campus that I just already knew you know, um, and uh, who she could go to for support um, and organizations that she could go to for support. Um, so, you know, kind of a playbook ahead of time that has helped her um, That's wonderful. along the PhD journey. But in life, 
definitely a lateral. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she might even have lived more than me at this point in the game. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned uh, a little bit about networking um, at Emory or wherever. And I want to start talking about the lessons that uh, people teach each other. Like we're all we're all learning something from other people all the time. You know, you are what you consume. You watch the news all the time. You're going to be a news head or what have you. You watch reality TV all the time. You're going to start acting like those reality TV people. Um, if you got a good mentor, then you'll probably start acting a bit more like your mentor because you're mm-hmm. taking their advice or what have you. And uh, I'm really interested in this idea of like intergenerational mentorship in particular, but in how um, there are those good values that are passed on and then there are some not so great ones that can be passed on. People don't kind of stay up on what values, I don't I guess maybe should be, or if they're not contemporary, or if you're holding on to legacy things that you learned a long time ago, um, that other people have unlearned or just stopped teaching. Uh, yeah. I'm interested in that conversation, um, particularly when we think about politics over the last uh, several years or so. Um, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned that a lot of people that uh, might be political mentors to some people are like 80 years old and leading yeah. the country at this point. And so I am. Um, have you ever given any thought to that? Like you said, you stay up on, um, like professionally, what yeah. the, what your kids need to do. Um, but in your social relationships, um, well, I guess first off, are, do you consider yourself to be kind of a social mentor at all? Yeah, for sure. So I think a lot of the time we are ha- rolling conversations about mm. what happened or um, changes in terminology, you know, as you did at the outset of the call, what are your pronouns? That level of respect that, um, we didn't used to do that 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, and just, um, how are you feeling? is not a low loaded question anymore. Like people genuinely want to know how you're feeling. Um, what apps are you using? Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and, um, and so, yeah, I think we, socially, we have um, an obligation, maybe, to to make sure we're all aligned. I definitely answer your question yes because people have asked if I would be someone who would want to run for office. Oh, um, oh, oh. I'm ready yeah, now. In, Go ahead. In Chicago, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got that much stamina, I don't think. But uh, I think that uh, we're all, how do you feel about X, Y, and Z has become a huge um, jumping off point. And a lot of the times we surround ourselves with people who think like us. Um, So it's quote unquote fun when someone actually disagrees with you a little bit. in your circle who you're close to um because then that really makes for a conversation on both sides of the i agree um, with that like an actual conversation where you can yeah i i remember back in my day 
(laughs) (laughs) When you could disagree with people and you'd learn more about them um, in the process from the conversation, not necessarily an argument, but a discussion. Um, And I don't know, to, to some extent, I try to carry that on. Um, there are certainly some Trump supporters that I am, uh, I, I honestly, I feel like I'm using them as guinea pigs. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out like what makes you tick? What are, you know, you think I've been misinformed, which is fascinating, <laughs> <laughs> but just trying to learn how to communicate with that whole half of the country or yeah. roughly half of the country. Um, it's, it's a fascinating journey. And so I'm, uh, really interested in who taught them what and how and what is it that makes them think that the information that they're receiving is authentic or authoritative or well-informed and so um, when it comes to that mentorship relationship that's a uh, it's almost a fiduciary relationship like you really need to be uh, you're a trustworthy person an ethical person you have to act with integrity if you are a good mentor but i think it's fair to say that um at least in some parts of the country there are bad mentors operating yeah. at scale um yeah. so for instance speaking speaking about those apps um, <laughs> i was on snapchat um, it had to be a year or two ago and the there was a a guy he was filming his 12 year old um kid jumping on the bed and the kid was like vote anything but democrat this was in alabama and i was like i picked up my phone i said what is happening down there in (laughs) alabama and my uh my friend said well every morning they get in the car and they turn on sean hannity and they just listen on that 30 to 40 minute ride to school to right wing radio. And um, when you are young, you really don't, you don't get a choice, right? And who you're taking that information in from. But uh, the adults in the car are making the choice on who they're listening to and what they're exposing their children to. And uh, I personally think we have to be very careful with uh, who we allow to be mentors in our lives. Um, Like you mentioned the intentionality behind being a mentor. I agree uh, that it is wonderful when it's intentional. I think sometimes people by accident allow people into that headspace where they get to be like people they don't even know who are not off to the side doing work for them get to have so much influence over their lives and their decisions and the decisions their kids are going to be making right. uh, down the road when they finally get involved in politics. So uh, I'm curious, and you, this is on the spot, so you might not know. Have you, do you, have you ever had a mentor, um, like an accidental mentor, for instance? Oh, you have. Can you tell us, tell me just a little bit about that and how, did you unlearn the lessons um, that you got from them or a bad mentor you mean yeah a bad mentor or in an inadvertent mentor that you shouldn't have had <laughs> yeah absolutely so i think that 
tends to happen in the workplace quite often. Yeah. Um, and primarily because people confuse ambition with opportunism. Mm. Um, and you're used as a stepping stone or manipulated in the process. And that's not called mentorship. That's called something else. But, um, and so I, I can remember vividly times where people have been like, oh, you're so great. Help me do this and I'll help you. And it's really a sponsorship thing. And then they're coaching you, but not for your benefit, for their own benefit. Um, So they're, they're wrangling in supporters for whatever cause they're later to propose. Um, or they're using you, positioning you to be a scapegoat um, mm. for their promotion. Um, mm. Or they recognize something in you that intimidates them. So they're trying to remove you um, from the space. So, you know, the hold your enemies closer. Sure. They consider you an enemy. So they, they try to, oh, let me mentor you. Um, and you don't know any better initially until you start picking up um, or, or you start learning. And so I see that quite often um, in several places of employment where um, when I'm talking to my lateral friends or my, my mentees or mentors, where um, it's now I've seen it so much, it's so obvious to me when mm-hmm. someone is, um, especially when they're unseasoned at it, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. Um, <laughs> so, um, but a manipulative person always um, reveals their cards in due time. Yeah. So if you pay close attention enough, you'll get these accidental inadvertent mentors. And then that's when you, you do the slow fade out if you're not in a position, a compromised position, right? Because <laughs> sometimes they'll be like, oh my God, why aren't you talking to me anymore? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, for you that, know. I would, I don't, I feel like some people probably don't know how to do a slow <laughs> fade out. Um, so uh, I want to just quickly mention that it is also possible to accidentally be a good mentor. Um, yes, one absolutely. wonderful lesson that I learned um, in law school uh, is uh, argue against yourself. So you've got something, you are dead set on it being the right action. Take a second and put yourself in someone else's shoes and argue against that and see if your rationale still holds up um, after you've considered some additional perspectives. So that is just a free tip. Uh, Dean Coonan, I think, from the University (laughs) of Georgia School of Law. Nice job. But um, regarding fading out, because uh, I mean, I think we're all, we're, we're both very good at this. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the easy one, the popular one is like ghosting at a party, right? Leaving without saying goodbye. Um, you can not respond to every single email or wait a long period of time before responding right. back. Uh, you don't have to respond to every text. Or you can respond with like single syllable responses. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Be like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Uh, <laughs> if you were invited to things, you can say no. Um, you can have a prior commitment. 
Uh, you can also just swing by for a few minutes while you're on your way to somewhere else. That is yeah. a way to get out of uh, a bad commitment. Um, you've got options. And I think you can you can DM or email me at any time for uh, ideas on how to get out <laughs> of an engagement. But I also want to make sure that we get Dr. Hunter's information shared. Uh, what is the best way, Ron, to, for people to connect with you? Uh, would you call it Instagram, LinkedIn? Social. I think like LinkedIn is probably one of my best ways right now. I'm pretty active on there. Okay. Um, I I have a Twitter account and an Instagram account too, but I don't really um, use them as often. Um, not to say that I couldn't start, uh, but I think given the quality of your conversation here today, it's it's LinkedIn. Is LinkedIn yeah, premium? LinkedIn for, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is LinkedIn premium. <laughs> So we'll, um, we'll roll through. I'll let, if you happen to know your LinkedIn URL, you can share it now. If not, yeah. I'll um, edit in the yeah. audio. It's Ron Hunter, PhD. Ron Hunter, PhD. Is oh, it, one word. Is it the clap emoji between the PhD? <laughs> <laughs> that is all. That is all. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was a wonderful conversation. Um, yeah, I learned a lot, good. which is fantastic. Uh, I did too. I'm going to use that are you against yourself immediately, I oh, think. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, like we're having, we're trying to implement something currently. And um, I swear, um, you, your people are like gnawing their own arm. Um, mm. And, and, and it's it's actually really annoying. Um, so like, can you are you against the organization or are you against yourself? It has is really applicable to me right now. Okay. Um, because we're trying to do so much good, and I don't understand the um, level of confusion that that we're experiencing. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be it mildly. <laughs> uh, you could that could also be a good takeaway. I don't understand the level of confusion that we're experiencing. It's yeah, a solid, a solid Why are you quote. so confused? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, all of uh, Dr. Hunter's information will be posted to bottomlesscoffeepodcast.com. Uh, we're also on Insta at Bottomless Coffee Podcast. And you can email me or DM me or what have you, and I will put you in touch if you think you might be a good mentee. Uh, but you know, as a good mentor, uh, Ron will let you know if it's not going to work out. <laughs> or I could use a good mentor too. Oh, I'm true. always open for those. So, <laughs> you know, depending on the audience, um, I'm, I'm here for the mentorship as well. Well, you mentioned politics and I think there will be, there's some politicians watching these episodes, so. Oh Lord! <laughs> Congratulations, you're running for office. Yay! 2022, here I come. <laughs> okay, thanks everybody. You heard we'll it first here. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Bottomless Coffee. I did not circle back to provide additional information in the coffee breaks because, frankly, this conversation speaks for itself. If you found value in it, then I ask that you support what we're doing here. 
please go to patreon.com slash bottomlesscoffee and become a community member. And I think a special thanks is warranted to those people who are already supporting the podcast. You literally made this amazing episode happen. Well done, and I'll see you all next time.